Go Loud presents the Lennon Courtney podcast. I'm Sonia Lennon. And I'm Brendan Courtney. And this is an episode from the Lennon Courtney podcast archive collection. It may sound a bit notiony, but the reason we're releasing these archive episodes over the next few weeks is to get you match fit for a brand new series starting soon. This week we're looking back to our fifth series and presenting you with an episode we did on mistakes. The interesting thing is that neither Sonia or I have ever made a single mistake in our lives, but we understand other people do, which is why we wanted to look at the issue. Don't make the mistake of not subscribing to the <laughs> Lennon Courtney podcast wherever you get your ear gold and be the first to hear about our new series when it lands. Enjoy. We are doing the mistakes issue this week. Yes, we are. And why? <laughs> I was wondering that because I've made so few mistakes. There's a massive conversation around um, mistakes and doing things wrong and failing and like it's it's quite a hot topic at the moment in terms of um well everybody but I think I think particularly women are failure averse um because of the way that we have been constructed as entities that we there's a kind of an underlying head girl sort of drive to be good and to be you know the best and to be you know and and I think think uh, it's it's more to be diligent isn't it and to and to be pure and 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 like little girls perform better in school because there's a pressure on them to be smart isn't that did you tell me that before there, there is, yeah, there's all sorts of, you know, research and theories about boys and girls. Um, and we had a discussion earlier on about boys and girls and whether it was okay to use those words, but I think these are actually boys and girls. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think, um, I think, funny enough, I think that the emergent tech scene in the last 20 years has reframed the idea of failure. Um, into potentially something uh, that is seen as a positive, although uh, the Harvard professor Gary Pisano said that the idea that we would celebrate failure is a misnomer, that actually we should be celebrating the learning that comes from the failure, that the failure in itself has no value, but what we learn and how we innovate and iterate out of that failure is where the value lies. But isn't that what he means? Isn't that what people mean when they say fail? Yeah, it is. about it is brand like words matter and we we internalize words meaning so when you say celebrate failure and failure is good and we should be saying failure is brilliant it's not actually what we mean so so the 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 terminology that we put about around that needs to be clarified i think so when we were in Techland and we had a tech startup and we listened to that kind of bullshit constantly didn't we yeah and i i had like neck injuries from my eye rolling with people mm. saying fail faster and fail slower and fail up and fail down and I failed so many times I fell over it was just like oh fuck the off and there, was a, there was a whole big thing about founders and then um who was it was it Paul Hayes set up Flounders which was a, a group of 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 failed founders um to talk about their learnings and and you know what they could bring forward into the future um yeah. But I think I think it is really interesting because we all do things that are not optimal all the time in various proportions. 
Um, and if you were to sit down and take a little bit of reflection time about what you're actually bringing with you out of that on a daily basis, what's what's the learning? I was out for, with a friend of mine with Enda for a walk and we were given out. But the focus, like, it, it's not the same. It's not the same problem as people dying from a from a, a virus as whether or not they get to do their leaving cert or not in person or online or whatever. I understand it's frustrating, but what was interesting for me was actually it felt the pre- there was a pressure there that I thought we were supposed to be alleviating from young people, that the pressure was still coming from somewhere. What's going to happen with this exam? And they end up said something really interesting. He said, it's so annoying because their parents make the rules. Like we make the rules. We can change the rules. And I was like, yeah, the other thing about that, and I think one of the reasons it's such a big issue, is that um, it's kind of easy for us to look back and to be oh. able to know how insignificant the leaving cert is in terms of how your life unfolds. But when you are 17, 18, you, you haven't discovered mortality yet. You're the centre of your own universe. Everything begins and ends with you. I completely agree with all of that. And you'd never, I'm not in any way denigrating the kids for feeling really, in fact, I feel I really sorry for them 100%. No, what I'm denigrating is, is, is um, mass media giving them a microphone because, and making it worse because actually they're going, <laughs> and they're, oh my God, RT News saying it's worse. Oh my God, it is worse. It's not that bad. It is that bad when you're that age, but we have the, the power of hindsight to go, it's actually not that bad to be grand and actually just survive. And every child psychologist that I've listened to, and I've heard a few on the radio recently too, actually, are going, just survive. It's fine. Your kids will catch up. Kids, you'll catch up. And I can understand why they feel so insecure about it and they're so angry about it because I was there. I was that angry teenager. But parents panicking about it and the greater system panicking about it you're just like oh shut up and actually funny enough I try not to be too controversial on social media but I did tweet uh, just to see Gage reaction on it there were two massive issues in the news dominating the headlines which were obviously COVID and mother and baby homes and then the leaving start trumped them as a headline one night and I just thought okay this is in, this is completely imbalanced so I tweeted it and only one person came back sheepishly saying, well, you don't have a teenager sulking around the house panicking. And I was like completely sympathetic with her. But I completely understand how that must be awful for you. And it's awful for them. But mass media shouldn't be given over to that. But the po- point I'm making is that while we're saying it's OK to fail, it still seems clearly it's not OK to fail. Right. There's still a pressure on kids to not fail, which is kind of bizarre, because in one way, it's two fingers to Instagram in my life. I don't care if it's not perfect. Look at my shaggy hair. I'm a model, but I'm still, don't wear makeup. Relatable. Yeah. I'm still relatable, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, in, in a weird it's, way. It's like I, I, yeah, it, it is like, it is absolutely not fit for purpose because there are multiple intelligences um, and an academic intelligence. Even that breaks down into, you know, two or three different key areas and, um, but it's 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 it doesn't bring into bear a sort of a, a social intelligence or um, an, an entrepreneurialism or an innovative mindset that doesn't conform. So and, and actually, those three things are the things that are often contributing to perceived success in real life after after school. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that are going to become rocket fuel aren't legislated for in the school system. I wanted to um, ask about mistakes and uh, in terms of the three of us. So 
I have been asked that many times. What's your biggest regrets? What's your biggest mistake? Um, so I have a kind of a stock answer, but I'll let you go first. Um, well, I, I two big mistakes, which I don't think I've ever really spoken about before. Um, and I think that I think that there are different levels of mistakes. And I think that there are the mistakes that you make that are kind of personal or private mistakes. And then there are mistakes that you make that are seen by others. Um, and for me, certainly made loads of mistake in my, mistakes in my personal life. Um, you know, but when, it, when I make mistakes in my professional life, that has an added sort of pain to it, particularly if they're visible. And when I go back, way, 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 way back into the annals of time, I remember uh, I was working for a magazine. I was very young. Um, we were flying a photographer over from London. He was very cool, very big deal. And I was told to go and find uh, the cheapest place to put him in to stay overnight in Dublin to do the shoot. Right. And at the time, we, I know we called you Join the Dots, Courtney. I, I, I just I did what I was told. I went and found the cheapest place to put him. And I dropped him off in my car uh, from the airport and left him there. And it was in it was in a really kind of uh, swanky part of town. You know, wasn't wasn't uh, in a rough spot. Um, and he rang me about an hour later and he said, um, I'm in a DOS house. He said, I'm, I'm in a halfway house um, <laughs> and I can't stay here. And I, I just remember the kind of the blood rising and, and realizing at that moment, how could I not have seen that there was a correlation between the cheapest place to stay and what that place might actually look like? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, and it was like, I hadn't, I hadn't made that jump in my head. And to this day, that still burns. Like, I, like, imagine, imagine if somebody had done that to me and put me in a place that was a potentially a physical risk to me, that there were, you know, sort of open abuse of drugs and alcohol in the hallways and, you know. Where was, was it? It was in, it was just off Adelaide Road. Like it was, you know. It was a good address, but it was, it was like a tenement and I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. But you it were just took- following instructions. You were I like, was, that's what I was told to do. Yeah. Yeah. Blindly so following you- instructions without thinking about the consequences. Like a mistake I made was not joining the dots and it was an Airbnb actually. And we were trying to save money and I'm a fully paid up member, a global member of Soho house where I used to stay, but it was 250 quid a night. It was just way too expensive. And I'd rented out my apartment and we were trying to save money because we were in our startup phase of our businesses and I was staying on after a meeting and I booked into an Airbnb in East London. Do you remember? And it was a, yeah. a flat share. So it actually turned out it was a, a disused council flat with, as it turned out, they were nice, but I didn't know that when I arrived. They actually stayed one night. I went out and then I just didn't feel safe. And I'm sure yeah, they were very nice. I remember nice, that was, very well. It was, I was like, really? Oh my God, I can't stay here. But then I was like, look, the purpose was to save money. You're, you're in a business to start. So just save the money. So I, was, I mean, I really was chuffed at myself for staying the night, but I, got, I left the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, the other big mistake that was also professional for me was very early on in my career when I got a big gig to do um, 
set of uniforms for somebody and uh, for men and women. And uh, like it was a big prestigious gig. And I was too young to know that your outputs are only as good as your inputs. And I worked with somebody who, who couldn't deliver. And it was a mess. It was a mess. And again, totally professionally humiliated, like awful. Awful, awful, awful. And, 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 and that was the big, like I call it the bag of learnings, that you take the bag of learnings with you. And, and it is, it mainly comes down to joining the dots between the decisions Were you, you styling? Expected consequences. Yeah, I was designing the costumes and, and, and one party was making the men's costumes and another party was making the women's costumes. And one entity was the right entity and the other one just wasn't. But I didn't have the experience or the knowledge to know that your, as I said, your outputs are only as good as your inputs. So you're only going to get out of something what they can put into it. I, I want to say, I got to say one word to you, and we're not going to go there, but knitwear. <laughs> but this, this at the at the fitting, I'll never forget it. At the fitting for this, um, for these costumes, right, slash uniforms, uh, it, it was like this kind of. Um, blind panic inside me that every every garment that every woman put on was the wrong size and they'd all been made bespoke and it was like skirts were falling off or they wouldn't go off <laughs> like it was and it was like a big investment you know and it was shit and, never, and yeah so that was one come with me oh you know? my god that's so funny and i decided one one shoot for the same magazine I uh, had this concept for um, it was it was based on on an inspiration from Victorian pornography, right? So there were going to be black and white photographs that looked Victorian, hand tinted um, by the photographer uh, in kind of uh, colours over this sort of sepia, um, and there were some notables in the shoot, and it was all kind of pantaloons and frilly knick- knickers and corsets. And I said to myself, well, I need a few props. So I went into a notable sex shop in town looking for something that might look like a bit of light Victorian porn <laughs> propage. And uh, I, I said it to the, the, the guys, you know, what would you have? Oh, well, we have obviously paddle whips. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take a couple of paddle whips. And, you know, whip over here and this over there. Oh, yeah, okay, grand, grand. And he said, well, you missed the best one anyway. And I said, what now? Sorry. He said, well, five of them came in on Tuesday and they were all gone on Thursday. And I said, "Uh, and what were they? He said, they were the bungee sex slings. And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, bungee sex slings. I said, what do you do with them? He said, you put them on the ceiling. He says, you hook them up into your ceiling. And he says, they're two harnesses and you get in them and you go like conkers. (laughs) I tell you, you'd want a bloody good aim, I think, you know? (laughs) What happened to you? Oh, the bungee thing. All <laughs> anyway, I can think of is, is the DIY effort that you'd have to go to secu- to secure them into the rafters. Like, I mean, it's not it's not for the faint-hearted, right? There's a lot of prep in that. Yeah. I think there was a few mistakes made therein. <laughs> yes. Right. So a mistake could be getting someone's name wrong, which I don't consider as a mistake because I do it all the time. That's <laughs> just who I am. <laughs> um, or a mistake could be, oh, I did 
really annoying thing I was buying. I got sucked into a YouTube video for your gut is rotten. Oh, it is actually. Do you feel tired all the time? Well, I do actually. Is your skin a bit? Re- it is actually. These tablets will check. Oh, I will. I'll buy them. And I hit a year supply by mistake and ended up spending 200 euro on them. <laughs> 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 so I, I, I wanted to buy a month trial and I ended up buying a year's supply. Well, in for a penny. So there's so a box of gut cleaning tablets on their way to Hilarious. me for the year. So I'm going to be like, well, well funny, anyway. the mistake piece is a big part of our discussion <laughs> around the issue of diversity and inclusion because it's... So, yes, and I'm going to go with the... Go, go, go. You got me excited you know, you now. You want to jump in there, Mr. No, no, Mistake? because I, I want to ask... I want to, So I want to ask Esther... How do you feel about being called a girl? Yeah. Is it inappropriate? If I'm sitting having a coffee, hypothetically, hypothetically, uh, okay. What, what am I wearing? Say, but hang on, I'm yeah. going to set this up now because I'm really interested in this. And the girls, oh, I said girls, the girls from the uses, the women from the uses project who I love, uh, got me really thinking about this. And I, ho- I hope they listen to this because I, I, I didn't want to reply on their Instagram, but they just said, and it made absolute sense. Somebody started an email with hi girls and they went really hate that they didn't name anybody. They just said, you know, really. And they, they had a massive response to it from women saying, absolutely hate that. It's so condescending. And I was just thinking, first of all, when I'm sitting there with my 51 year old friend having coffee, Sonia would walk in and say, or you'd walk in and say, hi boys. We get boys all the time from mm-hmm. lots of different people and lots of different generations. It's not oh, even a thing. They say all the time, definitely not imagining it. And I would say, interestingly, it is, it, 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 is it because we're going through a change in how we differentiate or not differentiate between gender, right? So that it could be perceived as condescending. But actually, it is just a collective term for younger women. Or is it condescending? I'm trying to understand. And I don't know the I answer, by the way. I think it's a little bit like uh, some of the terms that have been defamatory or discriminatory and that have been reclaimed so if i'm with my girls they're my girls but don't call me a girl Mm -hmm. you know and i'm i'm a proud paddy when i'm in ireland talking to my paddy pals but don't call me a paddy if you're not Mm -hmm. a paddy you know so it might be in that ilk yeah faster yeah i i think it'd be the same i wouldn't it's not and maybe as our kind of a consciousness has expanded, I consider it in a different way. So no, I wouldn't think it's, it wouldn't mortally wound me, but it would feel like a little pat in the head, especially if it came from a man. I would want to, you know. So I just if I met you on the street, as I did do with your friend getting coffee outside, and I think I did say, hi girls, right? Yeah. I don't ever say girls in text. I've stopped saying that. I, I consciously was writing happy birthday I was telling Sonia to somebody on Twitter a friend of mine a female friend and I wrote you amazing human so I, I disgendered public mm-hmm. mentions of the person I do, you're a human or you're your name right that's yeah. good that's for me is, covers it there's, there's another side to that because I I was dealing with a supplier recently um, and he kept calling me good woman and it was odious <laughs> it drove me absolutely nuts it's like what are you doing like it's so patronising Mm-hmm. People say good man all the time. Good man. Good man. But is that That's not really patronizing? No, I don't. I, good no. woman. Good woman. Good woman. Good man. Good man. Good man. And, and it's not patronizing when it's from an older person. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, I find it fascinating and interesting. But it, look, I think 
you have to just tolerate everyone's desires and to, be, and to be respected. I think that's really important, right? And I think that's where you have to come at it. So if mm-hmm. someone finds girl a little condescending, well, why bother use it? Just don't use it because language has power, right? So that's absolutely fair enough. So I would never argue the toss with somebody and go, oh, lighten up. Because I think that's, that's on a, you're on a loser, mm-hmm. on a losing argument straight away because we can't tell someone to lighten up if they're uptight about something, they're upset yeah. about something, right? But I am interested in that. The only, my only slight observation and slight criticism of it is sometimes we leave older people behind in terms of our understanding of terminology. And, and it can be really exclusive and, and mm-hmm. really off-putting. So why, you'll get, why you, get, you don't get a lot of men at International Women's Day events is because they're afraid to come, afraid to say the wrong thing, totally. right? Mm-hmm. So how, I think we just own, if we have, and this is that we're working this out in college at the moment around religious um, um, representation and work. And I'm very of the mind that if something's that important to you, you need to tell me that it's important to you. But actually, that's wrong. If we all want to work equally, you know, and be treated equally, we all must respect each other and attempt to understand each other as best we can within an environment. Although where we're all- I do believe that it has to be a reciprocal situation. Yes. That you have to be willing to inform me and I have to be willing to express respect what you tell me because yeah. I can't, you know, I can't guess what your preferences are unless you share them with me. Um, and, and because as we discussed, Brendan, like you, you can't, there's, there's no rule book that gives you blanket guidance for how to uh, engage with all, all people. people within one grouping, whatever that grouping yeah. might yeah. be. It's because there's a million different ways and a million different preferences for people. So it has to be based on individual um, vulnerability to share and to communicate and to yeah. listen and to receive. So- and I think that, that that's what I'm thinking of it really, that you have to be tolerant of mistakes, right? So if someone calls you girl, it's, it's probably societal. It's probably from g- generations of people saying, and it's not saying it's right anymore, mm-hmm. but I think it's up to us to educate. So what happened in social media when, I, when they posted, there was a pile on where, thank God I'm gay, but I'm 50 this year, right? My contemporaries, straight contemporaries, just keep away from that now. They're like, because they get put into the Piers Morgan bracket of ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. Straight away. And you're like, well, that's just not very inclusive, is it? It's not very, because, right, okay, women are 51% of the population, but men are 49% of the population. So we need yeah. to sort of work at this together. And I found- well, I, I high- think if you, if you could put it, if you could do a room 101, it would be around pearl clutching indignance at all of these things, because we're all only- feel in our way and as you said Brendan we're making mistakes hand over fist like it's just going to happen until we understand an ever-evolving landscape and it's going to constantly require that sort of iteration of thinking I I posted a very funny thing from Comedy Central Uh, one of our classmates Sinead posted it and it's a it's like a 12 or 13 year old boy going to his homecoming and the father wants to teach about the birds and the bees and he mentions all you know do you mean binary or non-binary? And he's like, oh, well, when you stick your penis at, no, well, that's not how I would have sex. Like, it's just, he's so woke, the kid. Mm-hmm. It's like, but actually what I liked about it, it was almost like a dictionary of wokeness. The, the You're like, dialogue. you can go, to, yeah, go You're back good, and consult us. We were, like, mm-hmm. we, we were both like, what's that one mean? We had to look it up. We were like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No, yeah. So um, yeah, I think I would campaign for people to be, just to bring older less aware people along the journey with them rather than shut them out and cut them off 
Yeah. You know, let, let, don't, 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 don't tolerate mistakes, but facilitate them. Really next part of what we're looking at is how to engage people in discourse. And I've mentioned these people before, Life After Hate, and it's an organization in America, and they're all ex-right-wing people who've, who've set up this movement to help people come. And they talk brilliantly about how they engage people and how they listen without judgment and how the most important thing to bring people to your way of thinking is for them to feel that you've listened to them. Yeah. And for that, you them to feel that you listen to them with as little judgment as you can possibly muster to hear their point of view, and I, like it's that I think that's the that's the new way to judge mistakes really to to not shut down because shut down just clearly isn't working. It's just pushing people to different to polar opposites. And on that, I'll get my outside thing in. Yes. So I thought because it's the mistake issue, this is uh, one of my favorite books. It's the winner of the National Book Award. He is a Pulitzer Prize winning author, Jonathan Franzen, The Corrections. Mm-hmm. So oh, I love it. When you make mistakes, read The Corrections. Franzen. <laughs> Such an amazing book. Oh, it's just, I'm going to read it again. Actually, I've just started again. And my outside thing is another podcast called How to Fail by Elizabeth Day, where she interviews um, amazing people about and, and very well-known people about the mistakes that they've made and oh. write their careers. Yeah, it's really good fun. Really, really good fun. I've never told you what my biggest mistake was, but we'll have to wait till the mistakes. Twenty. No way. Still. Still. I, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, and I, but I, I, I'm a better person for it most of the times. But the one mistake that always stands out is during my twenties, leaving things too early because I was impatient, and not re- recognizing that yes, life is short, but it's not that short. <laughs> and you know, kind yeah. of bored here now, I'm bored, and 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 facilitating boredom in a very immature, entitled way. And rather than just go, well, no, actually just sit with this, go through it. And I think that that, that was a mistake to not, to not milk the shit out of stuff. <laughs> Here's to milking the shit out of stuff going forward. <laughs> you know, but like Great having opportunity, <laughs> well, having, having opportunity very obviously, but go, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And just being kind of like that. And I think maybe that, or, and, and immature, obviously. So yeah, that, but immaturity isn't a mistake. It's just... A place, part of the swing. What's a sling? Bungee sex sling. The bungee sex sling. Googling bungee sling as. I have a link. I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well this week. (laughs) 